Print geeks. Print geeks. Because you didn't realise the world of print management is so awesome. Wow, the print management industry is so interesting. See? Print, print, print geeks. Hello and welcome to Print Geeks, your one-stop pod for all things print and tech presented by Papercut. I am your host, as always, Papercutter Kieran, tech journalist, scourge on word counts. We have a very special episode for you all today. Sustainability is a very key theme for Papercut. It's one of our four focus areas as a business. When I say sustainability, most people will probably think about preserving the environment. When you break down sustainability in the triple bottom line framework, ensuring we have a better tomorrow is not just about preserving the planet. It's also about preserving our businesses and also preserving our communities and our people. And so on that note, today we have a very special episode where we're going to talk about trans visibility in STEM in the spirit of honoring Transgender Day of Visibility. And to do so, I am joined by a very special guest, Associate Product Engineer Zoe. Zoe, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. I'm pretty ecstatic that Zoe is here because I am not the only sneakerhead in the room. Tell us about the kicks that you're wearing right now, Zoe. Yeah. Um, so I think these were a bit of a pipe dream for me. Um, growing up playing basketball, I always loved seeing the Kobe's out there, but never could afford a pair of my own. Um, but then finally I pulled the trigger and got a pair of Kobe AD NXT FFs, I think they are. I'll list off all the letters for you yeah. for fellow sneakerheads out there. But yeah, yeah they are, they're pretty quick to get on and off with the whole uh, fast fit stuff going on. Yeah, of course. Um, when I first started at Papercut uh, and I'm a sneakerhead and I just like, I look at people from the ground up. Like I look at their shoes first and it took me a while to realize, oh, there's, a, there's some other sneakerheads here. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're, we're both representing the kicks today. I've just got my regular um, Air Force Ones on, which are a good classic. I've got them in black. I've got them in white. I'm wearing my black pair today. So uh, Zoe, um, before we talk about trans visibility in STEM, this is your first time on the pod. So welcome to the pod. Um, tell me about what you do at Papercut. You're an associate product engineer and you're currently with the Mobility Print team. Tell me about what you've been working on at the moment. Yeah, sure. Um, some of the people that use Mobility Print out there might have seen that we've recently released a new uh, feature set. So um, I've worked on the cloud printing stuff and getting those printers selected for each link individually and, and getting that out there as well as a, um, a little bit of an upheaval of our UI. Um, not that many would probably notice some of the small stuff that's gone into it, but <laughs> it's definitely in there. And when did you join Papercut and the Mobility Print team? Um, I've been here about six to seven months. So I joined in mid-August last year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was kind of a, a ready-made fit for all of that front-end work that we had, had going on. Um, my experience had all been in front-end uh, engineering and uh, that's kind of what they needed done. And um, yeah, it worked out pretty well. So your experience in front-end engineering before paper cut, where were you? Um, I guess the simple answer to that was uni. Uh -huh. 
But um, I was also working part-time um, just on my own with a, a local engineering firm and I was doing a bunch of um, UI stuff and data management with them. So um, yeah, but the main experience with front-end came through final year projects and uh, just other little projects at uni. And um, I really found some experience with um, using some of those frameworks and making some hopefully good-looking uh, designs there. <laughs> And my favorite question to ask engineers is what made you want to become a front-end engineer? Oh. Or engineer, to use the actual term. Yeah, I guess um, uh, I was told all through um, all through my life, oh, you're great at maths, you, you pick up patterns well, you'd make a great engineer. And I went in and I tried engineering at uni and it really wasn't a fit for me. And so I just went across and went, well, computer science is pretty good as well. I've, I've been doing a little bit of this in my spare time. Maybe I should give it a go at uni and, and give it a study and um, the rest is history, I guess. Um, so, um, getting into uni, you went from engineering to computer science. What about engineering was like, eh, no, nah, this isn't for me? Um, I think part of it was at least it wasn't really um, what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, they really drum in while you're growing up. Engineering is about problem solving. Mm. And when I got there, it was um, mainly just difficult maths um, that we were <laughs> studying. And as much as I enjoyed it, it was um, a little bit tedious at times. And some of the things that we did were were not the math, maths that I like. Mm. Um, so as soon as you start giving me decimal points, I'm going to say, no, thanks. But... Um, yeah, that was kind of the end of that. And then you went into computer science. And what was it like when you first started computer science? What about it made you feel like, yep, yeah, this is this is the area for me? I think um, what I've always kind of enjoyed in programming is um, object-oriented programming. So kind of abstracting an idea and having this kind of like, well, an, an object, but you can only interact with it in certain ways and mm. you kind of protect your data and stuff like that. And my very first unit that I rocked up to was called object-oriented programming. Mm. And I went, well, this is right up my alley. And um, I really enjoyed doing all that work there. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of continued on and everything was kind of like a building block on top of that. And it all really made sense to me. I was decent enough at it to get through it. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopefully decent enough at it to continue my job here pretty well, but that remains to be seen. On that note, when you were studying computer science, did you ever imagine that you would be working with printers? Uh, not quite, no. I don't think anybody does. It's like an overlooked realm in the IT tech space. So tell me about how you eventually became a print geek. Yeah. Um well, when I started looking for a job, it was um, around the time of Pride Month. Yep. And so I was looking through LinkedIn job postings and there were a couple that stood out just because their logos had rainbow colors in them. Mm. And so if nothing else, Papercut looked really inviting to someone like myself who mm. had just figured out that I was transgender and really trying to navigate that space. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to just kind of like, well, this is one that is safe and I'm going to try and approach them and 
one of our talent partners here was um, really welcoming and he really helped me through all that process. And before I joined, I had um, meetings set up with um, part of people experience and they took me through all these different guidelines and things. And it was a really great experience for me. So um, if nothing else, the printers are kind of a secondary to um, everything else. That's really awesome to hear because something that's very important to Papercut is equity, equality, representation, um, because part of our values is caring. Our values being chin, caring, honesty, intelligence, and being nimble. Um, so as well as it aligning with our sustainability, as far as I'm concerned, everybody should embrace equality. But it's just awesome to hear that what attracted you was the culture. And then you're like, yeah, I can do printers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and the printers, I'm, I'm still kind of uh, learning my way, way around and getting that under my belt. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, not, um, they're not that bad. Mm. Um, they get a really bad rap of like, oh, they just never work. It's, it's really hard to get anything done. But um, as far as I can tell, um, it, it's not going that badly for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so you mentioned that what brought you to Papercut was that immediate sort of recognition of, oh, it feels like this is an inclusive workplace. It, it, it's, it's going to support me. Talk to me about what it's like for um, a transgender person in STEM. Is, it, is there some unique sort of nuances in, in traversing that field as a trans person? Um, STEM is one of those fields that has always had some representation of trans women within it mm. um, to the point where it's a little bit of a stereotype among transgender circles of, you know, trans women are in STEM and um, it, it's been to the point where there are pioneers like IBM people that um, were transgender and maybe not out, but mm. were really contributing to the early days of computing. And mm. Kieran, you yourself wrote a great blog um, a couple of years ago that highlighted uh, one of these women. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really stoked to find out about her and uh, read a little bit more about what she'd done. Is this Lynn Conway? I think so, yes. From IBM? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the one, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and she was quite remarkable in her own right. Totally. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a place where we've always kind of tried to find our way, um, even to the point of like, um, the Matrix is written by two trans women and is um, yep. often cited as a trans allegory. So. It is. Yeah, 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 for sure. And in that blog post, I don't mean to plug my own writing here, but um, uh, a quote that Tim Cook um, talked about, of course, the, the head honcho over at Apple, um, he talked about that he always felt safe in that space of STEM because it attracts intelligent people for lack of a better term, or people who are used to problem solving, looking at things outside the box. So would you Critical say- Critical thinkers. Critical thinkers. So would you say it's a relatively, quote unquote, safe space for the trans community? Um, yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Um, there are definitely those uh, professions out there that have a re reputation of being super macho mm. and are maybe a little bit harder to wrap your head around ever being a part of them. But mm. as far as STEM goes, it, it doesn't seem to be that higher bar to reach um mm -hmm. so long as you've got the you know critical critical thinking skills and all, all of that stuff to go along with it mm. but um like one of the things that i found um quite interesting was the first ever transgender superhero was a trans woman that um one of her jobs was 
a programmer. That's super cool. So we're honoring Transgender Day of Visibility today. So I would just like to ask you, and we'll have a blog up on the Papercut blog by Zoe about um, Transgender Day of Visibility and why trans visibility is important in STEM. But for those listening, why is trans visibility in STEM important or trans visibility in general important? Yeah. Um, so when I was growing up, it was um, quite a, a sheltered space that I was in. Um, mm-hmm. My school was um, Christian scientist. And so I never really knew anything about transgender people. And even like gay people were only really mentioned about the time that I was 16 when it started coming into like the gay marriage debate in Australia. Mm. Um and then by the time I graduated, um, I somehow picked up that transgender people exist, but that was kind of the extent of my knowledge. Mm. Um, and it took me another, what, five years after graduating to see trans women on the internet and dig in a little bit further and find out a bit more about it until I actually realized what that meant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it went, okay, well, this means a lot to me as well. So um, there was a little bit of a, a soul searching journey there and figure out that the visibility was really kind of what put me on that journey to figure out who I was. Mm. And it's really given me a new lease on life. Um, it, it's been such an incredible journey to figure out who I am and what I'd like to be and move towards being that person as much as possible. And Transgender Day of Visibility, how can someone like myself who is an ally celebrate transgender day of visibility i think it's really important to note that um it's not just about transgender people Mm -hmm. so i read an article recently that was written by the founder of the day um rachel crandall crocker and she actually highlighted that um in recent years it's becoming just as important for allies to be visible um particularly with you know, legislation that's been coming through that has really been targeting us. Um, so even if you're just an ally, uh, just put your hand up or just say something like, I, I support this. And mm. um, it might be something as simple as, you know, um, putting p- pronouns in your bio, um, mm. just making sure that you're just like, that those little things really add up. Um, so one of the experiences I had here was, um, we've got an internal document which is our uh, transitioning support guidelines Mm -hmm. and it kind of outlines um you know i'm allowed to take a sick day to go and receive gender affirming care or something like that Mm. um and when i was looking at it for the first time i noticed one of our one of our colleagues names just commenting on it and i went well this is someone that i can really attach to and um he was he's been great i've worked with him a couple times and um really like I almost gravitated towards him when we had Constructable last year because I knew that he had some vested interest in this space and, you know, it, it was not as much of a risk to put myself out there. Who was it, if you don't mind me asking? Do you want to give him a shout out? Yeah, um, Doug. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and actually, on that note, you mentioned earlier that there was some of the talent partners here at Papercut who made you feel welcomed. Can we give them a shout out as well? Yeah, of course. Um, James O'Reilly, absolute star. Um, was, Jimmy. Yes. Shouts to Jimmy. He was fantastic in that regard. Um, and then 
the other couple of people that I spoke with have both since moved on, sadly. But, oh, yeah, right. Uh, wishing them the best. Uh, great people as well. Yeah. Um, if I may, I would just like to offer a little bit of a personal uh, share anecdote about why trans visibility is important to me and why representation is important to me. Uh, some of our listeners, well, all of our listeners won't know because I haven't spoken about this before. Uh, I am actually hearing impaired. I've been hearing impaired since I was five years old. Uh, and outside of Papercut, one of the things that I love is I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Big fan of it. And late last year, I was watching the Hawkeye TV series. Uh, and a lot of people are very quick to... I like to say dunk on Hawkeye and criticize Hawkeye, say he's a boring character, say he's the worst Avenger. And I've always been a massive Hawkeye fan, both in the comics and in the movies. And so I was really looking forward to the Hawkeye series. But there was a moment and a detail that really made me feel represented. And they revealed that uh, Hawkeye uh, is hearing impaired or is deaf. Uh, there's a difference between uppercase deaf and lowercase deaf. I can't recall which one Hawkeye identified as, but he had a hearing aid and there was lots of um, uh, different abled representation in the Hawkeye TV series. And that just made me feel really seen. And it just it's just a, a small little thing. Now, in, in terms of outside of that, I am a white cisgendered male. Uh, but just that small little thing just made me feel a little bit more like, oh, yeah, superheroes can be hearing impaired. And you mentioned yourself, there's a trans uh, superhero, and that's just one of those things that increases that visibility. Yeah. Um, not that uh, this superhero has gotten any screen time or anything, but that's okay. Um, I also really loved seeing Hawkeye as well, um, and it was really a great show for... Um, the deaf community representation um like large portions of it are in sign language as well so um i really appreciate that as well and i really appreciate the direction that marvel's been going to show a bit more diversity on screen mm -hmm. even things like the eternals which haven't gotten great reviews having it directed by a woman actually makes a difference yeah. um and that's one of the reasons why i've actually gotten back into marvel seeing the the differences and um i think um you might be surprised to find that my favorite Marvel movie is actually Captain Marvel. That doesn't surprise me because I really love that movie. <laughs> what is it that you love about Captain Marvel? Um, well, there's a couple of moments. Um, I think for one, it's the the brief um, appearance of um, what I'm hoping is her family, mm -hmm. um, which I think is all but confirmed. If you yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but also, like, she's such an incredibly strong female character yeah. that is just amazing to see on screen. Yeah, um, yeah definitely a, a massive fan of that. She's so overpowered, and me as a comic book geek, when Avengers Endgame was coming out, I was like, Captain Marvel can take on Thanos by herself, which they leaned into with the writing. Like, she disappears for more than half the movie because they're like, yeah, when Captain Marvel turns up, Thanos is going to have his hands full. Um Let's go back. Oh, sorry. There's small explanation of that of like yours isn't the only world out there to save as well. <laughs> it's storytelling. There's, you know, it's not a straight line all the times. Speaking of, um, in the space of trans visibility, you talked about how 
paper cut made you feel supported. Can you give me a little bit more detail, like in terms of the day-to-day, just how it made you feel supported and safe and visible? Of course. Um, so, yeah, I think um, one of the important things is that a lot of leadership is on board um, and they're making some really good strides towards um, uh, achieving some of our Deeb's goals. Uh, goals. So for those that aren't aware, um, we have an initiative in each of our three different tra- chapters around the world called Deeb's, which stands for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Belonging. Um, and there's been a really strong commitment there in my um, in my view, um, especially like I'm running Harmony Week trivia tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but even little things like um, the connections that I've made with fellow paper cutters such as Kieran and um, really making some really good friends here and um, enjoying my time getting to know people, which has been a real highlight of, you know, getting back into the office and not having to wear masks and all that that stuff. Um, yeah, I guess that's maybe the strongest thing, the interpersonal connections that I've been able to build. That actually reminds me of something that we've talked about in the past in terms of how it's best to support trans people. Um, is it something where we just embrace people in general? Like, do they want to be pointed out that they're a member of the trans community or do they just want to be treated like a human? Well. I'm a little bit different because I'm really trying to put myself out there and be as visible as possible for those that might be like me and not really know what it is or um, have any understanding of what a transgender person is. And so I've been really making an effort to make myself as visible as possible. But um, I think your average um, trans person is going to be pretty willing to just fly under the radar and just be one of the crowd almost. Mm. And on that note, uh, and we might even wrap it up here. I'm going to hit you with a a very easy question. It's not easy at all. Uh, (laughs) In the spirit of Transgender Day of Visibility, what can allies like myself do to make sure that trans people feel supported and visible? Well, one of the things I mentioned earlier was just adding pronouns to your bio. Um, It's often a signaling thing of like um, you understand why they're important um, and, you know, uh, understand what they are in the first place because a lot of people aren't quite up to speed on what what pronouns are. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, if you are in a position to make, like, a difference in policy, um, one of the things that really helped here was um, the all-gender bathroom initiative. Mm. Um, And that one went through right as I was arriving and really made me feel welcome um but there might be things that are in your workplace or in your home that are maybe a little bit unwelcoming that you can just fix up without saying anything or or really like being like if there are trans people this is for you just like fix it and then Mm. um like i'll pick up on it i'll Mm. i'll know that you you did something good and i suppose like on that note there might be things that are unwelcoming but it's not that it's intentional. So I suppose my tip, and correct me if I'm wrong, is for people who are allies, they might get things wrong accidentally, but maybe don't come from a position of being defensive. Yeah. Um, The best way to deal with mistakes is often to just like acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. fix it, and then move on as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like 
if I get misgendered, I'm, I'm not going to want to correct you. Mm. It, it's going to bring attention to myself. It's going to make things awkward. Just correct yourself. Say a single word like sorry or something and just on with your day. Yeah. I, I experience a similar thing, as I said, being a hearing impaired person often a, a very a much more common quip than people realize is what are you deaf and i just choose not to you know get bothered by it. if it does bother me i'll be like i actually am <laughs> apologies but i we don't have to like excruciate over it we can just like move on yeah of course well, I think that about wraps it up for another episode of Print Geeks. Was there anything you would like us to finish on, Zoe, for Transgender Day of Visibility? I think I'm uh, pretty happy with how that's gone. Awesome. Well, I'll just say, make sure that you go read Zoe's blog. You'll find that on the Papercut blog. Uh, and get in touch with us on Twitter and in the comments of the blog um, if trans visibility is a passion of yours and maybe share your experiences with us. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to see if you guys have got some uh, relevant experiences of, um, you know, uplifting trans people or making your workplaces more accommodating. So, yeah, definitely put those in comments or wherever you'd like to uh, tweet at us or something. Exactly. Uh, and you can do that at Papercut Dev. That's our Twitter account. And then you can just find Papercut on LinkedIn and Facebook and then papercut.com, of course. Well, Zoe, thank you so much. I love the sneakers. Uh, I love your honesty. Uh, I love your vulnerability. And just thank you for talking me and our listeners through a subject that they probably don't often get the chance to, to talk about. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're most welcome. All right. Until next time, thank you for listening to Print Geeks. I have been Papercutter Kieran. That has been Papercutter Zoe. We're going to get her back on the podcast soon to talk about other print geekiness things. Uh, so look out for Zoe in a future episode. But until next time, keep printing thoughtfully. Print, print Geeks. 